It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 17th, 2019. My name is Phil Prossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we begin our Big draft week coverage. The NBA draft, of course, taking place on Thursday. So a busy week of NBA coverage as the NBA offseason really begins this week. So we'll have lots to get to over the course of the next week. So let's go through the schedule real fast. On today's episode, we'll have part one of my conversation with Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports as we discuss kind of our takeaways from the NBA season and what it means for the bigger picture across the league. And then, as we, and then we'll move into what the offseason is going to look like for the Magic. So today we'll talk about kind of the big picture things about our takeaways from the NBA playoffs, from the NBA finals, and the beginnings of the NBA summer. Tomorrow, we'll talk about a little bit about the Nikola Vucevic rumor that, that popped up on Sunday night that the Sacramento Kings indeed will not be chasing after Nikola Vucevic as, as some people originally thought or as it was originally reported, which could be true, could not be true. So we'll talk a little bit about Nikola Vucevic's market. Um, we'll talk a little bit about kind of the overall draft strategy that the Magic might have. There might be a little bit extra to that as well. And then I'll talk about uh, my experience in the Locked On NBA mock draft as the Locked On NBA mock draft continues on uh, today uh, throughout the week now. Uh, I, I believe they're at pick uh, 19. Uh, so pick 16 is already up on Locked On NBA. Definitely check that out. Uh, you'll see what I did there. Uh, and then uh, we'll talk about who I p- ended up picking for the Orlando Magic in the first round. As, as you could kind of guess by my kind of fuzziness, I did make a trade. I did move back a little bit. I'll explain what I did and who I eventually picked on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. Then on Wednesday, we'll have part two of the conversation with Keith Smith, where we will dive a little bit deeper into what the Orlando Magic can do this offseason with their free agency and what their kind of overarching philosophies might be as the offseason begins to pick up steam. Thursday, of course, is draft day. I'll have my final thoughts on the NBA draft, what to expect, what, what we'll be looking for. And then Friday, we'll have the results of the NBA draft, of course, a draft recap, and then stay tuned, We either Saturday or, or certainly for Monday, we'll have an episode where we'll hear hopefully from the Magic's draft pick and, and kind of wrap up the draft as we begin to turn toward free agency. So yes, my summer schedule is going to die down a little bit here. We will be going five days a week at the very least as the offseason picks up some steam. But before we get into any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. They're searching on iTunes for, for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Really searching iTunes or anywhere you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. 
Want to learn a little bit more about the the uh, what the Toronto Raptors are doing to celebrate their NBA championship? Check out Locked On Raptors. Sean Woodley does a great job covering the Raptors. We've talked with him here on this show. Um, and, of course, you can check out all his great work, including the book that he wrote about the Toronto Raptors' first NBA title. So definitely check that out on Locked On Raptors. You can also find Locked On NBA, which is, of course, doing the current Locked On NBA mock draft, where every Locked On NBA host, there's a Locked On NBA host for every team in the league, or just about every team in the league. There's there's, there's one that's missing, and, and, and we're trying to fill it. So if you're a Wizards fan listening to this, check out Locked uh, to inquire about Locked On Wizards. Um, but... Uh, every team in the league is covered in the lock. Every person running their 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 team podcast took over their teams and and conducted this mock draft. We're revealing the results here over the course of the next few days. And of course, on Locked On NBA, they're going to have complete reaction to the Anthony Davis trade. Check out Locked On Pelicans and Locked On Lakers for their breakdown of those of that trade. Of course, now I cannot say anything about the about these with the same detail and the same level of detail that they do on these Locked On podcasts. So if you're looking for the real story, for the real lowdown, if you're looking to understand why the Sacramento Kings don't want Nikola Vucevic, check out Locked On Kings. Check out Locked On Lakers, Locked On Pelicans, Locked On Raptors. There's a team, there's a podcast for you no matter what team you like in the NBA. And now in college, where there's Locked On SEC, Locked On Big Ten, Go Big Ten, B1G, uh, as well as Baseball NFL too. There's a Locked On podcast for you. Just find them all on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device and download them today. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. And we are joined now by Keith Smith of uh, Yahoo Sports still? or I mean, Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, Yahoo Sports never, still. Ne- never know. I knew, I, I knew it was one of those, bi- one of those big <laughs> ones, uh, the, the, the new Woj, as we like to call him. Uh, maybe not. Uh, but Keith Smith, our... our, our Resident salary cap guru and and expert, or you know, as Charles Barkley says, no one's really an expert, but but uh, um, but Keith Keith helps us out with a lot of the off season movings and sh- shakings and and salary cap shakings and and everything else. But uh, Keith, it, it's been a while since we last chatted. I think the last time we really talked was was during the playoffs, um, and those are obviously over now. Um, we we saw the Toronto Raptors here la- last time that we we spoke. Uh, what, but what were your general impressions? Let's start with the finals. What were your general impressions with, with how the finals played out and, and the Toronto Raptors as, as NBA champions? Yeah, go, going into the finals, I obviously predicted the Warriors. I thought that they would get the three-peat. I, I was one of those ones who assumed Kevin Durant would be back at some point, and that would be what would swing the series. I thought Warriors in six. As it went on, obviously, you know, I, I try to be one of those who sticks true, but, but then I is all the injuries started mounting and piling up for the Warriors. It kind of get to a point where there's only so much you can overcome. And this is a team that was banged up for a lot of the year, a lot of the playoffs. I don't know how often they had their top maybe eight guys together this season. If it was, if it was anything more than five or 10 games at max, I'd be very surprised. I you know, know that they were just banged up. They didn't have a lot of depth to overcome that. That's probably the single biggest thing they were missing in Toronto. But one thing I do want to say is I don't believe championships ever come with an asterisk. I Amen think, that. you know, yeah, it's just it's just such a silly thing. It's you won. It doesn't matter. You you won. You know, and this isn't like it's a, a college national championship where we're gonna see the Raptors vacate it because ah, oh, well the Warriors were missing guys. It doesn't count. It counts. They they did it. They went out there. They got it. They took it. So all the credit in the world to them. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously here in Orlando, we saw Toronto in that first round, and 
And, you know, like I, I predicted at the beginning of the playoffs, Warriors over Raptors in six. And, and I was not feeling 100% great about my Raptors pick. And then I saw them in the, in the Magic series and I was like, they, they had another gear. Uh, and, and obviously Kawhi Leonard turned in one of the greatest, I think, playoff runs that, that we've seen in NBA history. Um, both, both he and Siakam were fantastic throughout the playoffs. But like you said, depth was really a key in the series. I felt like uh, just every game, it felt like someone new from Toronto was stepping up. Uh, Fred Van Vliet is, is never going to have to buy a drink in Toronto again <laughs> with the way that he played. I mean, Hubie Brown gave him an, a finals MVP vote, which I love Hubie Brown so much for that because he's the best. Um, but uh, but uh, it just felt like whether it was Van Vliet or Baca or Gasol or Green, someone always stepped up to the plate. Um, and, and obviously, you know, I feel like Toronto winning the title says a lot about the direction the league is going. And, and, and we'll, we'll transition here to the offseason in a bit. But it, it really felt like their model of success is, is the way that teams have to build. You know, home grow your stars a little bit. And when the right opportunity comes, go for it and push your chips in. And, and that, that felt like that's what Toronto did this season. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, th- I think what the lesson I'm taking away is any team, if you feel like you're close, go, go for it. You know, make your run because you never know what's going to happen. We've lived in this for what, three, four years now, really since the Warriors kind of came to their full rise, where it seemed like you, you, you and I both know we have a lot of conversations with a lot of different people in basketball. And there's been this this talk of, well, it's inevitable. The Warriors are just going to win. So we just need to ride it out until they, you know, fall apart. And if, if every team did that, we'd have a really boring league that no one wants to cover. So I like that the Cavs continually, you know, tweaked around LeBron and they would add salary and do their things and go in after it and go from there. And then I think, I mean, look at the Rockets, what the Rockets did. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Even, even, even this year and it failed, but even this year going and grabbing Carmelo Anthony, which I think we all kind of, saw was was mm-hmm. not going to work out but but like they kept you know they kept pushing and 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 yep. I would honestly even go to to this point too uh, just to bring it back to the magic in 2009 I know it is it is everyone is still extremely critical of the decision to trade for Vince Carter to trade Courtney Lee, Rafer Alston and Tony Batie for Vince Carter and Ryan Anderson. To me that was a a saving move for the team because they were going to lose Hito Turkoglu. And they still went out and got uh, Vince Carter, who was still playing at an all-star level at that time. And and he wasn't quite an all-star in Orlando. But they went out and got Vince Carter, got Ryan Anderson, who everyone forgets was part of that deal, who was extremely good for Orlando. They matched Marcin Gortat, kept him. They went out and signed Brandon Bass. When you're that close, you have to push all your chips in. and, And sometimes you come up short and sometimes it works out. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those things where I always say if you if you're close, go for it because you never know what's going to happen. And in this case, the Warriors got banged up. That's not to say Toronto might not have beaten, beaten them anyway. For sure, we you know we we know that they were gonna gonna be in there and you know battle them from there. So so that will be really you know interesting to see you know what that ends up looking like. But yeah, it's it's just you know as we go through the whole thing, it becomes a you know. Thing where I like it when teams do this because I just don't want a bunch of teams sitting around saying, "Well, yeah, we're not going to get there, so forget it. We'll 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 make our run later down the line or whatever." I want these teams to load up and go for it, and that's my my big takeaway is you know, and it's not just the Kawhi trade. It was going out and getting Marcus All. It was going out and getting guys like Jeremy Lin. 
uh, in season. Um, Greg Monroe, who they had for a little while. Now those guys didn't have you know massive playoff impacts for for this team, but but they went out and did it. They went out and added those guys, and I think that's something that teams should look at and take away. Of you know we we have our young kids on the roster, we have our our homegrown all stars that we we really built up and and got there with, and then we supplemented with these other guys by going out and making those deals, and that's something that's really cool. And Toronto pays off. And that's even if Kawhi leaves, Toronto's you oh, know, they, they won. You won the title. Doesn't matter. You you did it. Yeah, and and at, and at the same time, I would, I would I would add this kind of addendum to it. It's knowing the right guy to go after too. It's mm-hmm. the right opportunity to go after as well. Um, you look at a team like Portland. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people say, "Break up the Blazers." They've peaked. They've gone as far as they can, and Portland stuck with it. They stuck with Damian Lillard. They stuck with CJ McCollum. They added Ennis Cantor in the in in free agency this year um, when when he got let go from the Knicks. Uh, you know, they 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 really stuck with their core and. and I know they didn't win a championship and they got they got swept by swept by Golden State there, um, but uh, they they stuck to their guns and you know got to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like we, we're still in this culture and this kind of rings culture where it's championship or bust and there's no success in between. Um, I I really disagree with that. I, I you know Orlando had a successful season this year even though they lost in the playoffs and and we'll talk about Orlando here in a minute, um, but. You can find six, there. There are different measures of success. I mean, I, I think I've heard a couple of GMs say that if we're only measuring success by championships, then there there are a lot of failures in this league. Um, and 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 obviously, expectations should shift and change. But like Portland, Portland year is in that situation now where they should be going all in and it's figuring out how to do that and how to do it where you're not compromising the core of your team. That's going to be the trick for them as, as they try to move forward and, and, and try to maybe take the place of a Golden State who might take a step back next year. Yeah, absolutely. This is why I'm, you know, if if this Anthony Davis stuff drags out and it doesn't end up being Boston or L.A., it, I would love it if one of these mid-range teams jumped in, Denver, Portland, uh, you know, Milwaukee, if they throw together a package and they, they jump in there and say, you know what? We're pretty close. We feel like we are right there. We're going after it, and we're going to do it. And you know what? If he walks away at the end of the year, he walks away at the end of the year. It's not the end of the world. We we made a run at it, and you know we had a great – because you know you're going to have a great season no matter what unless it really goes sideways on you. But in that best, you're going to be right there at the end of the day. And that's – you know, it's, it's funny because I, I balance it with it's all about winning a championship – but that doesn't mean everything else, as you said. Doesn't mean everything else is is you know a mess or a failure or those kind of things. Because in in I've, they've you know, probably heard it from the same people. I know general managers said if it's only about the championship, then twenty nine teams had bad years every year, and we know that's just not true. Absolutely, and uh, you know, uh, and kind of on that point, before we we move on to, to Golden State and start transitioning toward kind of bigger NBA free agent issues, because this is a huge NBA summer. I, I don't think. I don't think even the casual fan understands how strange and how kind of big this NBA summer is going to be. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, before we move on to that, though, uh, seeing now that the Raptors have won the title, um, which, which I don't think a lot of people thought they could when they played the Magic, how, how do the Magic kind of look? It, you know, you're, you're more neutral observer than I am, I, I, I guess, but... Um, how how do the Magic kind of look now that the Raptors have won the NBA championship? How how did they kind of acquit themselves in their playoff series? Yeah, I thought they looked pretty good. You know, I retweeted it today. That was pretty funny being passed around of hanging a banner of yep. we were up. Oh yeah, no, that banner's up. <laughs> it's fantastic. I, you know, the I first, the first thing funny. I did, like I had the tweet ready to go at the buzzer. Throwback Thursday to when <laughs> DJ Augustine beat the NBA champions. Right, and you know, but it, it there's. There is something to be said for it. They should feel good about that for, you know, the, the first time they got there. I thought they were in most of those games. They, they were competitive uh, for at least large chunks of it. I think it it exposed some things where the Magic maybe aren't as built for the playoffs as they need to be. I think they really were. I know we're going to talk about them more, a lot more in depth, but I think they learned they can't get by with really only one or two creators on offense. You need, you need a couple guys on the floor at all times who can go get you some easy buckets here and there but but I think they should feel good about the way they competed I thought they were really good defensively I thought they might have guarded Kawhi Leonard as good as anybody did I'm glad throughout the, the course of the playoffs I've, I've been I've been I've been whispering that all playoffs that, that Aaron Gordon probably played the best individual defense on Kawhi Leonard all postseason yeah I, Gordon I and them I'll only then, hear arguments for Andre Iguodala <laughs> otherwise yeah and, and you know and I think Gordon on him, backing that up with when Isaac got him for you know yep. some possessions. Wessel Wundu did okay on him. You know it's 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 tough. And Kawhi took that other level. I mean, he had an all-time playoff run. So when you make that kind of leap, no one's going to really do great against them. But yeah, that doesn't. The numbers don't. That look, he, he still dropped yeah. thirty a game on Orlando. Like we're, we're, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, we're but, half joking, but also yeah. half not. <laughs> but but when you make a guy work, that that's what's important, yeah. right? And they they made him work for everything he got. So I think you know if at the end of the day, Orlando should come back feeling from this series like they're you know they i want them to be disappointed and angry because that's where the hunger comes from to go forward but they should feel like hey we we did pretty good we, we were right there we're we're not as far away you know as maybe it's felt like for the last half decade or so here in orlando i mean there's there's definitely positive momentum and, and we'll get to that here in just a moment but uh circling back now to to, to golden state uh and where they're left off. Um, obviously, it was a big free agent summer for them. Kevin Durant, free agent. Clay Thompson, a free agent. Draymond Green, I believe, is extension eligible. Uh, and yes. now Durant on the shelf after rupturing his Achilles. That's probably a year-long injury. Clay Thompson tearing his ACL in, in game six. Um, the dude wanted to play on that torn ACL, and I believe that he would have and would have done so if DeMarcus Cousins didn't commit that foul at that moment. And they, they took him out of the game. Um, he's he's probably not going to be back till January at the earliest if he's superhuman. February, more likely. Um, 
what happens to Golden State now? And, and, and what, what effect will these injuries have on kind of the big players in free agency this summer? Yeah, so all reports and indications are they're still willing to go to max deals for both Durant and Thompson. We'll see. My guess is willing doesn't mean that's the first offer out of the gate. My guess is they're going to do some form of conversation. I would not be surprised if either player would actually prefer to be, uh, how do I put this, a little shorter of a deal with the idea, especially Durant, with the idea of if I get back, I still want those options to move elsewhere if I want to. And that also protects the team. So I think we could find some middle ground there. But it also won't surprise me if they go that way. It also won't surprise me if Durant especially just opts in for this final year and says, you know what, I'm going to rehab on your dime and then I'll get after it next year and it won't be all that different for me as far as you know where I am. I'm still Kevin Durant. We'll figure this out. But it, it was really tough. You know, the Clay Thompson one really just was such a gut punch because he was yeah. playing a great game. His game right six, he was game six Clay. Oh, my gosh. He was so good. And, and you know, when I look at it, too, it was one of those things. There's going to be two two things I'll always remember this for is my, my really kind of favorite memory is just that kind of look of disbelief happiness on Kyle Lowry's face at the end of the game. Like it was almost like he didn't know what to do. You know, so that that was a lot of fun. That was really cool. And then Clay stepping to the line, knocking down those two free throws and then jumping up and down because he wanted to stay in the game and how angry he was. And then finding out after the guy is a torn ACL. And then I put this out on Twitter, but no pun intended, that is a you know, that's yeah. a warrior. Yeah. That, you know, and, that, like, uh, and that dude just, does not miss games. Like no, he is he is he is one of the, the I mean, he missed what one game before before that this entire season, and that was game three of the playoffs yeah. of the finals. Yeah, when he obviously had some kind of hamstring issue or whatever it was. So yeah, so it's it's so tough. But going forward, this brings the Warriors back to the pack. They're you know not not only back to the pack, but they're they're going to be in a fight to make the playoff playoffs in the West. Mostly because I think what will be really interesting interesting with them is. They can't replace Durant or Thompson. That's if they stay or go. They just don't have the cap flexibility to do that one way or the other. So that's going to be really hard. So it's a lot of Curry Green, and hopefully uh, Iguodala can can keep his you know keep uh, Father Time at bay for another couple of seasons. And then you're just going to have to fill it out as best you can. Now on the flip side. They might be able to get some of these guys who, as free agency moves along, they fall through the cracks and are kind of forgotten for minimum contracts for the room or not the room, but the mini mid level, those kind of things. Because what you might see those guys say is, well, there's a lot of minutes available there and they're still going to be a good team. So I'm happy to go there and play. But it's going to be really tough for the Warriors to you know, be much more than a middle of the pack Western Conference playoff team, which in the end is probably really good for the NBA as a whole. And it might even be good for the Warriors because maybe they take a little step back this year. They're not playing into the middle of June, the end of June. They are, you know, done at the beginning, you know, or end of April, early May. And maybe that's what they need to get off their feet for a little bit and, you know, see, see where everything, you know, stands a year from now. But it's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do going forward because it's just, it's a completely different environment than they've been in, than the NBA's been in for what's really a half a decade now. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think, I think it's always worth saying, uh, Five straight years in the NBA Finals. It, it, we haven't seen a team do that since the vaunted Celtics of the of the fifties and sixties. Uh, it, it, what we witnessed this Warriors team did, even though they won what, only three titles in this five year run, uh, and it only three. 
Yeah, know, they won three. three titles in these in this five year <laughs> run. It is it, it is not a failure by any stretch. I mean, I, I, can we say that they're that they're the greatest team of all time? You know, maybe maybe not. Um, you know, uh, I'll I'll leave that to to more historians to debate. But they are certainly one of the greatest groups groups of all time, uh, of stretches of years of all time, and 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 we should not you know we should not lower you know we should not appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I think I think a lot of people said. After this series, yes, the Raptors won. Yes, the Raptors were the better team at the end, but both teams are champions uh, in, in some way. There, there is no shame in, in their defeat at, at, at this at this at this juncture. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I want to add one thing on that real quick. It is almost fitting that this is how they went down. They went down fighting the whole yeah. way, you know. And it, it's um, it, it makes me think back to the about a decade ago, the the Celtics when Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, they were really on their last legs, and they gave that battle against the Heat, and it looked like they might have the Heat, and then the Heat came back and won a couple in a row. That, that LeBron game in six is yeah, just singles. On, Probably the single greatest individual performance yeah, I've ever the, seen in a where he was the most silent assassin of all to ever. You know, never cracked. Missed what two shots that game? It's something like that. And I mean, I don't know. You convinced me it was none. And he might, <laughs> you know, he might, but 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 you know, ten years from now, I've scored two hundred points and you know did did not miss and cured cancer while he was on the court. I mean, but he, it, did uh, do, he did do he did do all he solved he solved world <laughs> hunger that night. So that's true. Yeah, definitely. You know, but but when I think about it, I just look at it and I say, you know. This is, you know, the Warriors, you, you want to see them go down swinging, you know, and they were right there, right all the way to the end. They didn't get blown out. They, they, they didn't fall apart without even making the finals or anything like that. And, and that there's something cool to that. There's something kind of poetic to that, you know, as you're, you know, building a narrative and looking for the storylines. I think, I think, I think it was kind of cool the way they, they, they went out this year, but you know, I, I don't want to go too far because I'm not entirely sure they're completely gone. I think they're gone for a year. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I think it could be like the Spurs, where they're they're always yep. there, and then that run comes. I mean, like the Spurs dynasty is is uh, at least as far as NBA history goes, I think one of the you is is the the unique dynasty because they weren't yeah. in the finals every year. They never won back to back titles, and yet they were always there and always a presence. And you know, I, I I always hate to use this quote. I always hate to use this quote, but it's true. As Rudy Tomjanovich said after the 1995 NBA Finals, never question the heart of a champion. Yeah, it is true. It is true. Yeah, that, that's that one's rough for Magic fans, you know. Yeah. But yeah. but it, it is true. There is a lot of truth to that. And and you know when I really look at it, yeah, I, I think I use this term on a radio appearance today. Was I think the Warriors? What we could see here is delayed dominance where they kind of go away for a year and then they come back and they're just you know they they it would not shock me at, a, at all if at the end of the 2021 season so two years from now we're talking about how they just rampaged through the league and made everybody look foolish there there would be no shock at all for me in that i don't expect it but but it's not going to surprise me one bit they'll they'll go they'll go angry mode again and, and drop 74 on us just to just to just to just to, just to let us know what's up and, and, and secure, their, <laughs> secure their, their place in history. But um, The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Kind of moving, but like turning the page now, because because the season is over. The the NBA draft is coming up now and, and uh, on Thursday. Uh, this year, is, this off season is a really unique one. Um, a lot of people know the big names, obviously. Your, your Kyrie Irvings, your Jimmy Butlers, your Clay Thompsons, Kevin Durant's. Uh, the, the big names that are, that are available in free agency. But this summer is particularly odd because it's, it's something like 45% of the league are free agents or something. Yeah, so so if you count in even the two-way players, there are 510 available roster spots on NBA teams, and somewhere between 200 and 220 players will be free agents this summer. It's it's an insane number, yep. and and you know obviously everyone's expecting a lot of movement and player movement because there's a lot of disgruntled stars or there's a lot of stars looking for greener pastures or, or looking for whatever they want, and they have the agency to look for that. And meanwhile, we, we have the, the little old Orlando Magic here sitting, uh, you know, after a 42-win season. You know, two big free agents they have to deal with themselves and Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross. But this isn't a team that has a lot of maneuverability because um, just because of the salaries they have lined up. Uh, you know, Aaron Gordon's, you know, on the second year of his front-loaded deal, so $19.9 million in 2020. Evan Fournier's got one year plus a player option. Uh, left on his deal. Timothy Mozgov's in the final year of his $16.7 million contract. That already eats up a lot of the Magic's potential cap room. Yep. I think without without options, if they, you know, just, just the guaranteed total for the Magic. So no Birch, no Ross, no Vucevic, no, none of those guys. The Magic have about $23 million in room if, if, if the cap comes down at 109, something like that. Uh, yeah, so it, yeah, it'll be be around in that range, and of course, uh, where where they could get to, and that obviously takes the draft pick out of the yes, equation yes. and things like that. But yes, so yep. so if you add the draft pick, which is about two to three million somewhere in there, yeah, a little add, over three. Add Vucevic and Ross's cap hold. The Magic are essentially a team over the cap this this year, so this summer. Yep. If the t- yeah. if the intent is to keep those two players, so what what how can the Magic improve their roster to, to kind of build the team back up? Like what, what, what tools do they have at their disposal if the intent is to keep Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so let's start there, right? My, my thing is, you, you know, my, my thing I've been saying about these guys for gosh, at least a probably close to a year now is years, not dollars for yep. these guys. I would not want to lock into Ross or Vooch beyond a couple of seasons at most. And that uh, though but at a couple of seasons, doesn't really matter how much you pay him. Pay him twenty million, twenty five million. It doesn't really matter. It, it's you know that that's only limited by how much Jeff Weltman can get ownership to write a check for. That I don't have a problem with it all. But why I wouldn't commit the years is you gotta figure out what you got in Mo Bamba. So him and Vooch, you, they, that's not a that's not a tenable situation for much more than a couple more years. Now, a couple more years, yeah, Bamba gets to develop this year, kind of almost like Jonathan Isaac a year ago. It was almost kind of a lost year for him a little bit. He you know, only got really half a season. So so you let him develop behind Vooch, and then maybe the next year that's when you start to see it slide the other way, and Bamba passes him. That would be your ideal. And Vooch slides into the backup role, and then a year later he's a free agent and off he goes. And that's your hope. And this kind of similar with Terrence Ross. You're 
open you someone steps forward now ross i think he's gonna age pretty well you know as a as a wing shooter i did you know shooters really never die um but i am a little worried as his athleticism wanes well what could happen but he should still have a couple years left but that also gives you the ability to really readjust and see where are we with Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz. Are these guys ready to really push forward and be the face of the franchise? Or do we need to really think about going in a different direction here with those guys? And the last thing you need is your young guys didn't pan out the way you hoped. And now you've got these two kind of aging vets on the books for a couple more years at, you know, big dollars. Cause that's, that's going to be tough. Now pulling that off, that's a big question because those guys are going to have offers. Yeah, definitely Vooches. We know that for sure. Um, you know, and then after that, it's filling it out. I would you know retain Ken Birch. I think he you know is a great backup Absolutely. for the team. You know there and then you know it's a no brainer. I've already uh, kind of gone on record with this they're going to pick up a windows team option that's absolutely. you know just absolutely you know the guy was a great um thing there you're hoping for the internal improvement isaac continues to get better gordon adds you know he seems like he adds something every year in the as long, offseason. as long as he stays healthy in the offseason yep gordon adds something new to his game um you know yep. I, I think and and not only that this will be the, the second time in gordon's career the second year in gordon's career in his five-year career soon to be six that he's had the same coach year uh, for for consecutive years, which, was, yeah, like, which is I really think is important. extremely underrated. Yeah, it absolutely is. Cause then you go into the, you know, he left his exit interview with the team. Here's what we want you to work on this summer with nobody now coming in a couple, couple weeks after with, Hey, I know the old staff told you this, but we really want you to focus this way. He knows what he's going to work on and move forward with those guys. And then the wild card here amongst everything is Markel Fultz because I, I will maintain all the way. If Fultz never plays a game for the Magic, that trade was still a fine gamble. They they gave up nothing but a protected first round pick. That's a, you know late twenty or twenty or later, and a little um, bit of cap room. And, and a little bit of cap room, Which but you they're know, not going to be super active yeah, with. Or we'll, exactly. we'll talk about that here in a bit. But yeah, it doesn't so, seem like they'll be super active with. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and I know there's still people, well, what about Jonathan Simmons? He was out of the rotation. He wasn't part of part of the present or the future in Orlando. So whatever, that doesn't matter. But you're obviously hoping for bigger things from Fultz. And, you know, if he's healthy, there, there's still talent there. This kid was the number one overall draft pick for a reason. You know, we, the te- teams don't miss that badly. Now, maybe he never gets gets there, but but maybe he does. And if he does, then then you're really kind of playing with house money. This year, the draft pick, a little, little different, right? It's pick 16. It, it's, you know, maybe you get somebody who helps right away. Maybe you don't. It's, it's you know, less than what it's been in the previous years. So, and then you're looking at your exceptions around that. They're not a tax team. They got plenty of room under the tax for now, depending on how far they go with Vooch and or Ross. But you could use the full, um, the full mid-level nine point, you know, 9.2 million or so. You could use that to go and get, get, some really helpful players. I, I, I don't know that they would give it all to one guy. Uh, they could even, if they really wanted to go in and use the biannual exception, that's another 3.6 million. So they have tools this year. And then the last one, as I ramble on here, Mozgov's $16.7 million contract that's expiring. Now that's, you know, all of a sudden a piece you could move off to a team to say, Hey, you have, you know, questionable money on your books. You know, um, Hey, Miami, you want to give us Goran Dragic, we'll give you Mozgov and something. Because Miami might say, 
All right, yeah, that's great. We can move off that money here. You know, some, something down those lines. Um, maybe, maybe you do that you know, with another team. You find a, a different team where, you know, maybe it makes a little more sense and you can move that and go get get a player who can really help you for a guy who at this point he's turned into, well, what was Bill Simmons' old joke, the Ratliff's expiring contract? Yep. He's yep. Timothy Faye Moskov's expiring contract. He's the right to Ricky Sanchez or, or <clears throat> Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he's never going to play again in the NBA. I'd be shocked if we ever see him on the floor again. Then it's just going to be, you know, that is what it is, and that's that's fine. And, you know, and you, David, you move it. And that's – well, what I like this year is they have options. What I really like is – I trust this front office to do the right thing more so than we did, you know, under the previous regimes. For sure. And it, and it seems like they have a, a general vision and, and I don't think, and, and, you know, I've kind of been on the, on the, on the path throughout the entire season and really for a few years now that making the playoffs is worth it. And, and, and I'm, you know, I'm a little more cautious, I think, because I think you, you can become a victim of kind of the short term success. And, and I do think that it's important for the magic to remain competitive. They can't, you know, have this breakthrough, make the playoffs, win 42 games, and then go back to winning 25 games and saying, oh, we're going to let the young guys grow and, and you know, build for draft picks. I, I don't think the fan base would accept that. I, I, and certainly I don't think Steve Clifford would accept that. He's not going to coach that way for sure. Um, so I do think that, it, you know, as the Magic sit down and figure out what they want to do in free agency they, and trades in the draft and all that, they, they do have to look at you know, the big picture and say, okay, you know, we want Mobamba to develop and eventually take over as the starting center. So that does affect how they negotiate with Nikola Vucevic. Um, you know, they want Markel Fultz to eventually be the backup point guard. So maybe that affects how they treat that position because, you know, Michael Carter-Williams is a free agent too. Uh, it, 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 you know, I don't know what he will get or if the Magic want to bring him back in the same capacity, but you know, they could be looking to find a point guard. And as we'll talk about here in a little bit, maybe they're thinking a little bit bigger than that. Um, but uh, but you, you have to balance those long-term interests, I think, with also saying, we made the playoffs. We proved ourselves last year that we are a playoff team. There shouldn't be going back from that. You know, maybe we take a step, a small step back. Maybe we're still kind of fighting for that that last playoff spot again. But the goal should be to make moves to keep the team nimble for the long-term but also playing for the now a little bit and, and trying to get back to the playoffs because, you know, it, the old saying, momentum is the next day's pitcher. You can't, you know, if you want to build legitimacy as a franchise, which is something I've been big on for this season, and eventually get into the trade market where you're fishing around for some of those bigger names, that, that those disgruntled stars, which I think is really how you should be acquiring players rather than through free agency nowadays. Um, you know, kind of do what Dallas did with Christoph Porzingis in a lot of ways. Um, I, I think you have to keep building and keep winning in order to get to that point. And I know there are some fans who are like afraid of being mediocre, of being stuck in those middle seats. And, and that is a concern, but that's not the concern now. You want to be there now. Being there now means you're making progress. When you get stuck there, that's when you start to worry. Magic aren't there yet. They need to get there. Yeah, I'm, um, that's exactly where I am with this. And I'm glad you mentioned Steve Clifford because that's exactly what he kind of lived through with the uh, Hornets. It turned into the Hornets were um, 
they'd make the playoffs, and then they take a step back. And what they did was they locked in on long-term money on the wrong guys. They they signed a bunch of these guys, you know, Nick Batum, Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller. Their Kemba Walker was their sixth highest-paid player for the last two years. That's you know, so when they, it's just crazy, right? Um, for a guy who was an All NBA guy this year. So when they locked in on all that money for all these guys, what that did was it left them in a spot where now you're in trouble and you can't get out of it. Now now you're truly stuck in the middle. The Hornets, even if Kemba Walker leaves, they're not going to be good, but they're not going to be terrible. They they've got too many good guys to be, you know, a bottom team in the league unless, they unless start, they're all hurt. You know, yeah, hurt or they start playing games and sitting guys and things like that. And what it also did was it left them in the middle with draft picks. So they don't have a ton of great young assets as far as young players either. It's, you know, kind of Miles Bridges, who I really like as a player. Malik Monk, we'll, we'll see. I don't, I, I'm not super sold there that he's going to ever be all that much. So that's why, again, I go back to it's years, not dollars for Rawson and Vucevic. You can't give them massive contracts, then just kind of hope for the best and that, you know, we everybody keeps improving because – some guys aren't going to improve. Some guys are going to go the other way. And when that happens, that's where you've got to be able to go and figure that out because otherwise what you're going to do is you're going to end up in a whole bunch of uh, trouble because you're just not going to be a um, you know a very good team then. And then what you're looking at is, all right, well, now we're really hurting here, and this is not where we want to be as a, as a team. And – now we're where now we are stuck with with this roster. So you got to be really cautious of the way you approach this. And you know, and again, I, I trust that they're going to do the right thing. I, I don't think I don't think this is the old Magic group where it's well, hey, we made the playoffs. Give Vooch, you know, four years and you know twenty five million a year, and give Ross four years and fifteen million a year, and you know, in three years from now you're stuck with you know forty uh, fifty million on your books for two guys who are like, oh man, why did we do that? Just because that one. Playoff appearance, I think they're going to be smarter than that. Yeah, and and that Evan Fournier deal, like I, I was the one that thought the Evan Fournier deal was was pretty fair for for what his production was at the time. Um, but that deal is looking worse and worse by the day, and it's you know probably about as immovable as any contract in the NBA at this point. Um, you know, maybe not completely immovable, but you know, I, I would tell everyone, I think Evan, you know, and I love Evan. Evan's a good dude. But Evan Fournier is probably the guy the Magic most want to trade, and he's probably the most difficult to trade on the roster. I think Timofey Mozgov would be easier to move than Evan Fournier at this at this point. Um, and, and I think also to to, the, to one of the points he brings, something I've been kind of banging the drum on a little bit here as well, is progress is not necessarily linear. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think of Miles Turner. Miles Turner had an incredible rookie year for the Pacers. Second year... Really, I mean, he had some injuries, I think, that season. He took a step back, and everyone was, like, wondering, you know, is Miles Turner really all that? And then last year, he was probably, you know, quietly one of the better defensive centers in the league um, mm-hmm. and, and really took some major steps forward. And he's still got a ways to go, and who knows what he'll become. But, you know, just because uh, – and, and honestly, I, this is a mistake I made with Victor Oladipo, perhaps. Um, and, 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 and so, you know, I'll, 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 I learn lessons from my mistakes, hopefully, in my analysis. Um, but – you know, you, you just, some guys, it takes them taking a step forward, taking a half step back, and then they take that next leap forward too. So it, it's, it's going to be, it's not something that happens immediately that, you know, the magic, you know, figured it all out. If they lose Vucevic this year, you know, it might be the right decision to let Vucevic walk. Yep. Um, but if they lose Vucevic this year, their offense has to completely change. Guys will have to have new responsibilities and roles. And, 
you know, I think Aaron Gordon could take a big leap offensively this year. I think he, you know, I think the playoff series especially, I think he was a little nervous to go at Kawhi Leonard offensively. And he spent a lot of the year kind of making sure he was taking good shots and not forcing his offense as much. And that was a big reason why the Magic made the playoffs. But in the playoffs, Orlando needed him to be a little bit more aggressive. And yeah. in game four, he figured that out. And, and the Magic made a little run at that lead to, to cut into the deficit and, and nearly took that game, uh, or at least made it interesting, when Gordon went on that little run in the third quarter. And, and I think we'd all say Gordon was probably the best player the Magic had in that playoff series. Yeah. Um, and... I think he needed that. He needs to find that little confidence, and it's going to be fits and starts. And you know, like I would say, two years ago when he, you know, had the big scoring breakout, he wasn't as good. I, I and I kept saying, you know, he's figuring it out. You know, he's going to go through these growing pains because he's figuring it out. Um, and you know, he figured some things out this year, and now he's got to kind of put those two seasons together, and we'll see. We'll see what that 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 looks like at the end of the day. And that is part one of my conversation with Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports. Just a few notes off of that, of course. We recorded that on Friday afternoon, so uh, the Anthony Davis trade obviously hadn't gone down. So I apologize that a little bit outdated with our talk on, on who might go after Anthony Davis. But I think, I think the points still kind of stand about how teams will approach this offseason or how some of those teams should approach this offseason. I hope you enjoyed those kind of more global thoughts on the NBA offseason as well as the Magic offseason. We'll get into a little bit more of the specifics about what the Magic should do with Nikola Vucevic, with Terrence Ross, and the pl- kind of players they should be targeting and who they might look at uh, in free agency over on Wednesday in the part two of this conversation. So definitely follow Keith Smith on Twitter. You can find him there at KeithSmithNBA. He's got his Orlando Magic uh, offseason preview up at RealGM.com. And of course, you can find his work on Yahoo Sports as well, as well as if you're a Celtics fan, on Celtics blog. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Uh, you can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device, including the Himalaya app. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including our latest draft profiles, I'll try and catch up on some of those a little bit later on in the week. But, like I said, this is going to be a very, very busy week. Um, you can check out all those on orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter as well at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. Though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Brosson, right? I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.